Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney groom Brian Close Cooler about his ceremony at Paddlefish and his reception at Italy Isola in Epcot. I thought you'd be interested to hear how Brian and Alan planned their wedding, how they chose the locations, and how everything turned out. So welcome, Brian. Hello, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided you wanted to combine a paddlefish ceremony with a Disney's fairy tale weddings reception. So I think a big part of it was about saving money, of course. We heard about Disney weddings originally, and we saw all the photos. We followed along with your podcast. We fell in love with all the stories. We actually got interviewed for the official Disney wedding show also. And it was a really cool process that we did with the producer. We did a Skype interview to get to know the person. It was an hour and a half long, so we felt it was such a cool process to go through. But once we found out that we did not qualify for it and it didn't work out, basically, we decided to go ahead and try a different option. And we found out that you could actually get married at Paddlefish. So once we found that out, we kind of jumped on that and we worked with Just Marry in Orlando to make sure that we can coordinate this well. How did you choose Italy Asola for your reception? I knew I wanted to have a reception in a park, and I thought Epcot was just gorgeous. And originally, um, we chose Italy Isola West as our spot for the reception. And it actually worked out perfectly. We were so excited. Up until a month before the wedding, we actually got a phone call from our planner for the reception saying that since our reception was taking place, during the concerts for the art festival, the line actually goes right into Italy Solo West, so they had to move us. So of course we were totally shocked and upset at first. They wanted to move us to either Germany or UK Lockside, but our whole menu for the reception was Italian themed, so we were kind of stuck there for a little bit. So once we got the phone call and they suggested those other countries, we kind of said, this is just not an option, unfortunately, and it's a month before the reception. Um, Invitations already went out. Our menu was already solidified with Italian-themed food and desserts. So they took a week to get back to us, but they chatted with themselves over at Disney, and they worked out to have us um, move to Italy Isola. And our big concern was, you know, We were so excited because that's such a gorgeous area for a wedding. We've seen the photos. It's a very large area. Our concern was, all right, now do we have to pay all the extra cost for the larger area? Right. Luckily, they worked with us. We did not have to pay for the location fee, but we did have to pay the food and beverage minimum instead. 
which was easy because all we really had to do was add on a cheese and crackers platter and that covered that cost, luckily. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's great that that all worked out. Yes, definitely. Now, when you were first planning, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? So a lot of our friends and family, they all work either in higher ed or they're teachers at high schools. So we knew we had to do it on a weekend, most likely on a Saturday, so that we left enough time for everyone to fly down on a Friday and then fly back on a Sunday to get back to school. So we said, you know, it has to be a Saturday for that main reason. And we also work in higher ed, so it worked really well for us. And originally, also, we were going with December 7th as our wedding date for the ceremony and the reception. But while planning, the day we actually called to make the reservation for everything, we found out that they jumped the prices up because it was going to be in December for the holiday season. And this was a total plot twist for us and threw us off completely. So we decided to hold off until January 25th when the prices went down a little bit which helped out a lot. What prices were going to be higher? So I remember it was for the location of the reception. It almost doubled basically because it was in December. And I know this was a new, it was a whole brand new thing that's happened this year. And I remember talking with a lot of other Diz brides and Diz grooms on Facebook. And they didn't even know this was an actual thing until this year when they changed everything. Got it. Okay. So how did your friends and family react when they found out your wedding was going to be at Paddlefish and Disney? I'm not going to lie. They were so, so excited. <laughs> they, they just could not get more of it. They thought it was like a vacation for them. They thought it was just great to have a destination wedding. We, I would say our friends and most of our family didn't give us any trouble. Maybe 1% of family gave us trouble, but we powered through that and we had a fun time. And it really worked out really well. I think all of our friends and family are all Disney people. So that helped a lot. I know my family, we went to Disney every year growing up. And then also with Alan, his family went a lot growing up as well. So again, everyone was just so excited. That's awesome. How many did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So we invited around 35, 38 maybe altogether. And about 28 showed up. Um, we had two people who couldn't come last second due to a family emergency, which was totally fine, obviously. We also added in our photographer and her assistant just to make sure that, you know, they were able to eat with us. And I want to make sure that they um, got to sit with us during the actual reception because we got to know them really, really well. Oh, that's great. Did you guys set up a room block? So we didn't do a room block, but what we did was um, we sent out a brochure that we made on Photoshop. Alan's really good with Photoshop, so he put together a whole brochure that we sent out to our guests a couple of months before the actual wedding. And on the brochure, it had where we'd be staying at the Caribbean beach. And we said to everyone, you know, we recommend everyone staying there or staying at another hotel close to Epcot for the reception. So we did not do a room block, but everyone basically stayed pretty much on site besides a couple of people. We actually went off site to the Hilton for the last three days of our trip also, just because we work and travel a lot. So we get Hilton points. So we figured why not use those points and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So what was it like working with just Mary for the ceremony portion and Disney for the reception portion? 
I'm a planner and I'm very detail oriented and that I think that helps during this process because both of those entities, Just Marry and Disney, they don't connect and talk to one another. So it's a lot of me kind of talking with them and just staying organized. But Just Marry working with them was so perfect. Even the year before we booked anything, we went down there to check out all the different locations. We were looking at the Swan and Dolphin originally on the beach. We just loved just the photos we could get on the sand with the water and the palm trees. And then about six months after that trip, we saw that paddlefish was an option also. And we thought it was just a very unique site to get married on a boat. In Disney Springs, you had a giant air balloon behind you and the other resort on your right-hand side also. It was just very gorgeous. So we just kind of fell in love with paddlefish. And again, just marry. They worked so well with us. And then Disney, they worked really well with us also. I feel like I probably annoyed them so much asking for an updated BEO all the time. But I think they're probably used to that. <laughs> I kept apologizing, but they kept saying it's fine. Um, but they were great to work with also. They were just very easygoing and very creative. That's wonderful. Who did you use for your ceremony floral and decor? We went through Just Mary for the floral. So I have no idea who they actually used but it came out really pretty. We had two huge, almost like bouquets and giant like vases behind us, which I'll definitely share the photo, but they did a great job with it. I was very detailed of what I wanted. I wanted to make sure that it kind of matched my suit and also complimented Alan's suit as well, as well as all the ladies' dresses. They were wearing gray. So we did like a very deep red rose along with white roses, and it looked so perfect. And then how did you coordinate that with what Disney Floral and Decor did for your reception? So at the reception, we didn't have much floral at all. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big fan of flowers, surprisingly. <laughs> I just feel like you get them, there's so much money, and then what happens? They just die, I guess. <laughs> but they look pretty. They do look pretty. But we didn't get any flowers for the reception portion of the night. What we did have, though, was we had little centerpieces that were clear vases with light-up cubes um, in water. So it kind of lit up all the tables because it was dark at night in January. So it did help kind of just illuminate the whole area. Got it. Now, I know sometimes people are a little concerned about having a reception outside in Epcot because Disney won't let you have a DJ or amplified music until after the park closes. What did you guys do for entertainment at the reception? I thought so much about this before the reception, and I read so much on the Facebook page, Diz Brides, because I was concerned about this. We had the area for three hours, so I wanted to make sure that everyone was going to be entertained. I didn't know what to have because, again, like you said, we couldn't have a DJ. But I knew that the fireworks would take up a good portion of the night. And then we made sure we had a lot of food options as well as dessert options to just kind of fill up that time and space. Um, we also had our Alan's Best Man and My Best Woman. They did speeches. So that was very entertaining also, especially if you know them. They're hysterical. And then also our family and our friends, they are just hysterical. I'm not going to lie, they're very entertaining just themselves. So, for example, even music-wise, in Italy I Sola, they do have speakers there, but they are playing the Italian music that's played throughout the whole entire Italy section in Epcot. So at one point of the night, the music got very, very fast, and 
our, our guests just started dancing. This was <laughs> later on at night, and, you know, maybe the drinks helped, maybe. Maybe they were cold and wanted to warm up, but they were dancing, and they were just having so much fun. So I didn't feel, after the actual reception was over, I was kind of glad I didn't have any kind of entertainment at the reception. That's so awesome to hear, because that music was free. <laughs> exactly, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors you can recommend? So we're not big on cake, but I was so excited to do the churros flambe. Everyone loved that. Everyone loved the Mickey bars also. I'm trying to think what else. So again, we did an Italian menu, Italian-themed menu. Everyone loved it. It was very cold that night, so the food got cold fast, but everyone ate very fast, so it kind of worked out. We also did the La Passion slushy from France, which is not Italian-themed, obviously, but Alan and I love that drink during Food and Wine Festival in Epcot, so we knew we had to have that, and we also knew we had to have martini glasses, which took some time to like get those martini glasses officially being able to use, basically. We had a little pushback from Disney. They weren't going to get them officially for a while, but it took about six months for them to finally say, yes, we'll get them for you. You pay extra, but it worked out. But we were very stern. We wanted those, you know, martini glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And the martinis were amazing. They weren't as good as food and wine, but our guests, they just loved it. They just couldn't say anything higher and nothing better about it. That's great. Now, which ride did you choose for your mix-in, and how did it fit into the order of events at the reception? For the longest time, we knew we wanted to do Test Track. We think it's such a fun ride to end the night, especially on a good thrill, you know? So we talked to our coordinator about Test Track, and she said that we could not do it. We were very upset, and we gave a little bit of pushback to see if we can do it. Um, We tried for about two months, and every time we asked, it was still no. Later on, we found out that the ride was actually closed for like two months, I think. It was undergoing like a big refurb. So we obviously, we understood. Um, But then we asked if we could do Frozen, because a lot of the people who are with us have never done that ride before, since it is fairly new. Also, I love Frozen so much. I'm not going to lie. I may have dragged Alan to see Frozen in theaters five times for our first five dates. So it kind of worked out perfect. (laughs) But it was really, really good Frozen. And we did that right after the fireworks. So the park was clearing out. They escorted us over there. They were also so laid back. I still can't go over how laid back they actually were with the reception. They let us bring our drinks from the reception all the way over to Norway. (laughs) And just like throughout the whole entire night, if we had to go to the bathroom or anything, we can just like leave and walk around and use whatever bathroom we wanted to use in any country. So I did not expect that at all. I thought it was going to be more strict, which was a nice surprise to see. That's great to hear. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day fit together? Of course. So, like I said before, we stayed at the Caribbean beach, and we actually had conjoining rooms with a lot of people who were in our wedding party. So at 5 a.m., the ladies all, they wanted to get up to get their hair and makeup done. So they had a service come to the room to do that for them. And I felt guilty. I wasn't going to sleep until 8 o'clock that morning. I said, you know, I'll get up at 5 o'clock with them and, you know, 
be a team player. So um, wrap it at five o'clock for them to get their hair and makeup done. At 6.30, myself, Alan, and one of my best friends, Ryan, we went to Starbucks to just get like a coffee order for everyone and make sure everyone was like well-fed. Around 8.30, we went over to Paddlefish just to get ready and to see the ceremony, um, make sure everything was okay. Because like I said, we are very detail-oriented, so we wanted to make sure everything was perfect. At 10 a.m., the ceremony started, and we were very stern on having a very short ceremony. It was about 15 minutes, not even. So I would say by like 10.30, it ended. From 10.30 to 11, we did some family photos on paddlefish. And then after that, um, we went with our photographer and just our wedding party down to the boardwalk to do um, wedding photos there. And that lasted until about like 1 p.m. Of course, we all got hungry. We grabbed some lunch at the boardwalk and then went back to our hotel. We hung out at the hotel for about two hours just to kill time and get ready for the reception. And then the reception was from 7 to 9.30 at Epcot. So we were there for that. The fireworks were around 9 o'clock, I believe. And then Frozen started at 9.30 for the ride. And then we're really big on like, the guest experience. So what would we do after the reception's over? We didn't want to just say goodbye to everyone. So we told everyone to meet us at the Edison at Disney Springs. I've heard that it's so much fun there. We've never been there before, but we saw the reviews and figured why not check it out. And it was probably one of the highlights of the whole entire trip and wedding. They had a live band and a DJ also, and everyone from the wedding met us down there and we were just dancing the whole night. It was so much fun. That's wonderful. Now, often people who are new to Disney weddings and aren't used to this idea of having a gap between the ceremony and the reception get concerned about that gap. Did you have any negative feedback from your guests? What kind of stuff did they do to entertain themselves? So I would say about 99% of everyone that was there were so excited to have a gap actually in between because a lot of them were only there for three days. So they took that time to actually go to the parks. You know, they went to Epcot, Magic Kingdom, just to check it out. Because a lot of people who were there, they were experiencing it for the first time also. So they wanted to make sure that they could do as much as they could while they were there. And then they met us right in Epcot, a lot of them, at night. So it really worked out really well. For us and the wedding party, after all the photos, we just wanted to go and relax and get food and take a quick nap. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommended. <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned guest experience. What were some of the other most important aspects when you were planning where you focused your attention or your budget? Yeah, so guest experience definitely was a big highlight for us we wanted to pay attention to. Another one was the night before the wedding, we wanted to do like a little get together with everyone and to finally see everyone once they finally got to Disney. So we organized our own monorail bar crawl. And yeah, it was so much fun. We actually got t-shirts designed from a company here in Pennsylvania. Um, and we got t-shirts for everyone. And it said, Alan and Brian's Disney wedding monorail bar crawl. And then the back said, hi ho, hi ho. It's off to drink we go. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, everyone loved it. Even like people that we saw at the bar who we didn't know, they just loved seeing us. So it was really cool to see that. And then we went to bunch of bars at the Polynesian. We went to the Grand Floridian, but 
I don't know, they they weren't really receptive to seeing a big, large group come to have some drinks. <laughs> so we kept going over to the Contemporary, and we had so much fun there. There are a lot of cool restaurants and bars to check out. And everyone just loved that night so, so much. And then the last thing I would say that was very important to us was photography. I always said, I don't care how much I would spend on the perfect photographer. These are the memories we have forever in these photographs. So we found Denise Johnson, who is Orlando base. And we actually used her for our engagement photos and for the whole wedding. And she is just so flexible with timing, with price, locations. She was just so perfect to work with. That's wonderful. What aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort? I think kind of what I mentioned before, going back to my favorite thing, flowers. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said before, we had from Just Mary, they did those huge bouquets for us that um, were behind us during the ceremony on paddlefish. And then we had in our wedding party, we had um, a mix of ladies and mix of guys. So for the ladies, I just... I could not spend a fortune on them having these elaborate bouquets just for 15 minutes of the ceremony and then for some photos. So what we did was kind of with like a beauty and the beast theme, I call it like they went down the aisle with a single rose. Um, That was kind of cute and simple, but then also once the ceremony was over, all the roses that we got from just Mary, they were going to throw out. So we actually worked with our families and we just took it apart and made bouquets for all the ladies in the wedding party to use for our wedding party photos at the boardwalk right after. Oh, that's clever. Right? It was different and it worked out really well. That's awesome. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I would say it was definitely seeing everyone's faces once they arrived at Italy Isola, just seeing, you know, just the location, the water, just how everything was set up so perfect. They were all just so shocked, the smiles on their faces. And then also when we surprised them with the frozen ride after, they had no idea. So after the best woman and best man speeches, Alan and I spoke just to thank them for coming. And we said, as a thank you for coming all the way down here, we wanted to surprise you with a little ride called Frozen. And (laughs) Everyone, like, I kid you not, people were gasping over this. They were shocked, and they were just so excited to ride it. <laughs> now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Um, so I think definitely the location um, at first when we were told that we had to move our location, but that was fixed, obviously. When we got to our reception, we came about 20 minutes early before our guests just to check out the location, see how it looked. And the tables were all set, the food was getting ready, the centerpieces were all ready, but there were no chairs at all. (gasps) And we work for Penn State and we do events. So like we, again, it's just like we know events so well and we were like, our blood was boiling. We were getting so nervous, we were sweating. We're like, where are the chairs? Like, where is everyone (laughs) sit? What's gonna happen? And our coordinator for the reception, you could tell she was a little bit nervous. She said that they have to bring them here from a separate location. And the night we were there, it was packed. And we're like, how are they going to get all these chairs through all these crowds into the park even? But 
Let me tell you, Disney magic, 10 minutes before our guest walked in, the chairs were all set up perfectly. <laughs> so we were so, so happy. And then the last thing that went wrong, which we had no control over, no one did, it was freezing. I kid you not, our first day in Disney when we were going to Animal Kingdom, we were literally in our snow boots and our heavy winter jacket. It was in the low 50s, high 40s. And it was just like so cold. But again, at the reception, like right in the water right there, our guests were freezing to the point where they were leaving to go to um, the stores in the Italy Pavilion to buy sweatshirts and jackets. <laughs> wow. But, you know, you can't control the weather. And everyone even said they're like, who cares? It's cold. It's not raining. Everyone had so much fun. And that's what really counts. That's great. Was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? We were so worried about just the flow and logistics of getting everyone to our reception location because we didn't arrange any sort of of, uh, transportation, no buses or anything. So we had people meeting the tour guides at the front of Epcot. We had people meeting them at the back of Epcot. And the people who had annual passes, they had to meet at the actual location. So we were dealing with three different groups, kind of, and how to get them all there. But it worked out so perfect, and everyone got there at the same time. So again, it's that Disney magic. They handled it so well. Wonderful. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Maybe book in a warmer month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, honestly... I don't know if I'd actually change anything. All of it was so perfect. You know, it was cold, but again, it ended up being so perfect. And do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say don't be afraid to take some time just for you and your partner just to breathe. A lot of times we had our family and friends with us in the parks and just following us around everywhere. And we got to a point where we had to say, like, all right, everyone, we're going to take a 30-minute break. We'll meet you back at this ride in 30 minutes. And (laughs) Alan and I just had to walk away and breathe and just, you know, kind of enjoy the moment of just the two of us for just 30 minutes. So I would say, please make some time to just have some fun with just you and your other Disney bride or Disney groom. (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. Well, Brian, I think you've offered a lot of great tips for anyone who's interested in getting married at Disney, possibly combining a ceremony at Paddlefish with a Disney's Fairytale Weddings reception. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you for having me again. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>